and everyone. Welcome to the Warrior 5 Podcast. Hopefully you guys had a great holiday season. You know, I got everything I wanted. Cash, did you get everything you wanted? Oh, well, you know, I guess so. And, and, yeah, Bryce, did you get everything you wanted? Yeah. Well, I tell you what, I got everything I wanted out of this Coastal Carolina and Liberty Flames bowl game. And it, it's the Cure Bowl, and it kind of cured me for for not having college football at least for another week. This game did not disappoint. Liberty ends up winning by a, a field goal in overtime, 37-34. And, man, it was a a tale of really two evenly matched teams. You know, this game was supposed to be played December 5th. It got canceled due to COVID. Would have probably liked to see that game on December 5th. That way these guys could have probably played a different opponent in a bowl game. But still, this game definitely did not disappoint. Cash, you want to run through some of the... The different stats and stuff through this game if people didn't get to watch it because I know there was a lot of other games and other things being uh, done on this this Saturday. Well, this was kind of the tale of the two quarterbacks, the two running quarterbacks, to be honest. You got Malik Willis of Liberty, 19 for 29, for 229, 220 yards passing with two interceptions, but his real thing was on the ground, 21 carries, 137 yards, and four touchdowns. Then from Coastal, you had... Gray Grayson McCall, who uh, had two, 21 uh, completions for 32 attempts, 318 yards, three touchdowns, and a pick. He also had 96 yards rushing and a touchdown. And that you would think by those numbers, you would say, you know, Grayson was the better passer, but not the better player. Yeah, and I think, you know, both quarterbacks gave their team a chance to win. It just so happened to be that when it got to the overtime, Grayson threw three straight incompletions, forced you know Coastal to kick a longer field goal and end up getting blocked. Um, but the thing that's crazy too is like I mean both these teams have good running backs, but both these quarterbacks were the leading rushers. Mm-hmm. So you know it's just a really like these team these two guys uh, these two teams were super evenly matched. Yeah. Well, there was a lot of. There's a lot of people saying Costa should have had a better opponent, but it kind of looks like the committee did the right thing by putting them up against Liberty. A lot of times the committee, as as wrong as in, as we think they are, they get a lot of matchups spot on. I mean, there's a couple matchups in bowl games, and I'm sure we'll see it going on as it, as it goes, that are real blowouts. But a lot of times these bowl games are super competitive. And, you know, these guys have, have played each other before, but now they moved on. They were in the same conference. They moved on now play power five opponents and you know i mean great season for liberty you still can't knock what coastal did this year they played a, a heck of a season you well, know they beat your byu so they played a good game and and you know if, if it weren't for a blocked field goal you know they kick a field goal have a chance to win it in double overtime and have a perfect 12-0 season right off into the sunset as the ucf team did a couple years ago you know and i think that this coastal team kind of made a, a name for themselves. I, I think if they have another good season, you know, they're going to get a lot more national recognition, especially after they win against BYU. Everyone's it's kind of fresh on their mind for next year. So it's going to be, it's a good stepping stone for this Carolina or this coastal Carolina team. And obviously for Hugh Freeze and the Liberty Flames too, another huge, they weren't even ranked. No. Well, they, I mean, you, you lose one game. Yeah. And, and, well, and coastal has one. I, oh, I guess their loss was be, in the yeah. bowl game, but yep. You know, is is Coastal Carolina's first ever bowl game? So you know, for them to even, you know, the, not not that these guys haven't been in that moment before, but for them to, you know, play for something besides a conference championship, it's, it's pretty big. So you know, it was, I felt like it was a great game. Is the best college football game we've had in a for a bowl game as it stands right now. I'm hoping that they get better as it goes on, but just you know, an impressive win for Liberty. To, to end their historic season to kind of uh, cap that off there. And now we talk about a team that rides off into a sunset and a team that normally in in years past has a solid chance to ride off into the sunset in the final four in the NCAA basketball. And and this team's one in six. And that's they're led after uh, by a great coach in John Calipari. And now, obviously, with me saying that, we are talking about these Kentucky Wildcats. Man, I mean, the recruiting class is there. They were ranked uh, in the top 15 in the AP poll. What is going on 
in Kentucky that they can't get it together. I mean, they just lost to Louisville and now are one and six for the first time since 1926. Well, I thought this was going to happen a lot more actually, is because with all what's all the COVID restrictions, I really thought this was going to happen to more like teams, especially with teams like yeah. Kentucky that have incoming freshmen. Like they're yeah. they're basically whole. Especially, I really thought, yeah, definitely in college because especially teams that are very like hardcore on their one and dones. Yeah, like your Dukes, Kentucky, Kansas, and stuff like that. But like the other ones haven't shown this bad. No, yeah. and and you know. A lot of it too has to do with Kentucky schedule. Like they did not, they didn't come in and just walk in and play a cupcake schedule. You know, even in his press conference day after John Calipari even said, "I should be slapping myself in my face because we we really haven't had a cupcake." I think their two non-conference opponents were Richmond and Kansas. Now those aren't easy, um, easy non-conference foes, and then you go into. You know, SEC play. I'm, I think they played Florida. And Notre Dame. Right? Yeah. And so Florida, Notre Dame, Louisville. I mean, th- th- these are teams that are almost always in your your March Madness tournament. And you're normally good. And Louisville, even if it has a bad season, Louisville versus Kentucky is always going to be a great game because it's a rivalry yeah. game. But, you know, I I think, and John even, even said that during his interview, we need to get a couple of games where we know we can we can show that we can win, have a dominant win against a team, and kind of regroup. Now, with how crazy this year is going to be, uh, I would not be surprised if a Kentucky starts off 1-6 and six and ends up, you know, only losing 10 games and is a 6 or 7 seed in the tournament. And if Kentucky's a 6 or 7 seed, that's a scary bracket. Because I don't care if... This Kentucky team starts all five freshmen. The way that John gets his troops ready in March, you know they're just going to be just as scary as any other team that takes the floor. I, I don't. I think they actually lose more than ten wins. I mean, ten losses. I and then that could happen yeah. too. But I'm just saying, like, if if this team were to turn it around and only have ten losses at the end of the year, you could be they could be a very scary team to start off bad and kind of gain momentum towards the end of the. The season. You know, the funny thing is, I think if they get the 500, there's still a chance they make it in like a 16 seat somehow. Yeah, well, just with mm-hmm. name, you know, yeah. I, I, could, I could see that. Kentucky has like one of the top freshmen, too. Brandon Boston is the real deal. Yeah, and they have uh, Mintz from Creighton who did ball out in that game. And, you know, he's kind of like the glue piece. He's the old, like the veteran mm-hmm. that's going to kind of hold this team together. And he. Not that these players have played bad either. They're not like getting absolutely destroyed by all these teams. They're you know they barely lost to Louisville. It's it's more of a character builder thing, I guess. I I just think they really needed like some scrimmage games or something before the start of the season. But that's <clears throat> excuse me. That's the thing. Like you, no one did. I know. No but, one had. But it just it just feels like Kentucky actually really needed it a lot of teams you can get the same thing from practice but there you got some players that really need that end game experience to actually like push them to where they need to be for these games that are definitely going to be close yeah so like they're they opened with Moorhead state and they won that one pretty convincingly 81 45 then their next game was against detroit got postponed then they played richmond um at home lost 76 64 kind of a hard loss then their very next game, you got to turn around and play at Kansas. Lost that game by three. Then you turn around the next game, play at Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech team is not usually terribly um, uh, bad, but not usually the greatest team uh, either in the ACC. Um, I think they're usually right around 500, and they lost to them 79-62. That's a pretty ugly loss. Losing Notre Dame by one. Uh, the, the Detroit game again got canceled. Then you played North Carolina, got beat. Then you just played Louisville. And then they got, you know, South Carolina coming up, Mississippi State, Florida again, Auburn, Georgia, Texas, Tennessee. I mean, the, the rest of their their slate. Like, this team, like, if they want to turn it around, they got to do it quick because the heart of their schedule is going to be coming in fast. But if this is the year to start off – one and six and turn around and make a deep run at the tournament. This is definitely the year to do it because yeah. everyone's going to be suspect to 
to losing some games. We talked about it last week or two weeks ago um, when Kansas State lost to a Division two school. Like th- that will probably would have never happened if it wasn't for the, the, the COVID situation. And just a lot of teams just kind of like, I mean, honestly, teams that are good have to get punched in the mouth. And it's how they regroup. And, you know, it really will show the character of that team. And I, like I said, I think I like what John Calipari does every year. And I think that he'll have his team at least to 500. I would be I would be completely shocked if this Kentucky team wasn't at 500 by the end of the year. I still think there's a chance that they, <clears throat> they don't. But would you consider if... If they uh, just go completely terrible the rest of the year, would you consider getting rid of Cal Power? Oh, absolutely not, dude. They uh, gave him a, they gave him a life contract. Oh, did they really? Yeah. Yeah, he's dude. He's he's literally one of the best coaches, if not. Well, he's he's the best I coach to ever come, He's the best coach to ever go through Kentucky, and he's gonna end his career in I would assume probably the top five coaches of all time. Yeah, I say, no top, I say he's top five right now. Dude, think about, like, I mean, granted, we're a few years <clears> out, <throat> but think about the years when, like, you know, Anthony Davis and all those guys mm-hmm. came through. And think about the NBA talent that man produces. Yeah. Like, you, you're... John Wall, DeMarcus Cousins. There's, I mean, there's there's, there's an all-NBA starting five that he produced in the last ten years. Yeah. Like, he's, he's not ever... But, gonna, yeah, you always remember it. Everything like college sports is all based on recruiting, and if he, if he has this bad of a season, will you think recruits start looking other places though? No, not with that being a blue bud. Like, there's no way. There's absolutely Jeez. no way. They they they're gonna have the top ten to fifteen recruiting class, and the like the what you have at Kentucky is so different than. A lot of these other schools, like the Dukes, North Carolina's, Kansas, Kentucky's, even Gonzaga's, like there's teams that literally cannot compete with them because of the tradition that they have run through that school. And Kentucky, for the most part, is a men's basketball school. They've had a couple of years where they've been decent at football. I'm sure they're pretty decent at some other sports, but that is that is what runs through Kentucky is basketball. Yeah. Looking at this, all like all these players that went through Kentucky. There's Anthony Davis, John Wall, Karanti Towns, Marcus Cousins, Devin Booker, Jamal Murray, <clears throat> Bam, Bam Adebayo, Bam Adebayo. Wow, come down, Darren Fox. <laughs> There's just so many players like Eric Bledsoe, Rajon Rondo. Like he, he, he'll. I mean, not only does he have that lifetime contract, there's no way. That they they say he, when John wants out, that's when he gets out. There, yeah. I, there's no way. Speaking of, you saying teams that want out, a team that uh, has the player of the year, in my opinion, and I believe that I don't really know if there's anyone in college basketball that's touching him right now, and that's Iowa, and they did lose, however, yeah. to Minnesota. Yeah, it wasn't overtime game. Yeah, no. Bryce, you want to? They're up by six points with thirty seconds left. They, and they had the ball. Yeah, and they it was weird because they Minnesota got hot from three. Well, one player. Yeah, one dude had like what four in a row. Got hot from three, <laughs> and then they just they just like they didn't guard him, and this team. They not that they Minnesota found the way to beat them. I think Minnesota honestly, Iowa kind of just got super lackadaisical towards the end and allowed Minnesota to come back and win this game. Yeah, like with with twenty seconds left, they weren't fouling at all. And then when the shot clock went down, they gave up a wide open three, and then it was yeah done and, from there. And, and and that was an overtime too. Yeah, yeah. just it, it didn't make any sense and. You know, you could probably put some of that on coaching. But, I mean, these players that are knowledgeable of the game need to know, like, what to do in those situations. You know, it's going to be a tough loss for them. You know, and I think that especially a loss to a non-ranked team, although it is on the road and is in your conference, this is going to hurt them a little bit. 
But I mean, Minnesota's not a bad team either. Minnesota came into the game five or came into the thing five and one, just same record as Iowa. They just probably hadn't played the same caliber of teams. But this Minnesota team is decent, decently good. I mean, obviously to beat Iowa, they have to be pretty good. Um, but even with that, Luca Garza's unreal. You know, looking at his his stats for the season, averaging almost twenty nine points and ten rebounds a game, it, with with about two or so blocks. That's that's he's winning the the player of the year. Yeah, but I still don't. I still don't like just overall Iowa starting five at all. Really, like there's a lot of minutes, and I mean it's it's centered through one player. Yeah, you got 28 minutes for Lugo Garza. And he didn't do too good in that game. He was like 11 for 27 in field goals and 1 for 5 from 3. I think that's just taking too many shots that you're missing. But compared to, like, your other starters, I think it's probably your best option. Like, if how is McCaffrey, um, his son, like, getting that many minutes and not being any kind of, like, scoring threat at all? Well, it's just a lot of... Different. Were you talking about Connor? Or... No, I'm talking about Connor. Yeah. Well, Connor's their assist leader for the, like, and he brings. The, so these <clears throat> Iowa's been good with a physical big and shooters around. So when CJ Frederick and Bohannon and Wisecamp can shoot. And make it at a high pace, you know, that when they shoot around 60 some, 70 percent, they're, I mean, there's no one that, in the country that can beat them. But when they play a game like this and they don't shoot as well, it definitely hurts. Also, um, I believe in this game, Joe Toussaint, they're a phenomenal point guard for them, got hurt. Mm. And that's huge as well because now he's the main, he's the orchestrator of that offense. You know, it does run through Luca Garza, but he is the main guy handling the ball. So when he went down, I think then their next guard would have been, I would assume, Jordan Bohannon. Yeah. And I'm not a huge fan of Jordan Bohannon because he, he provides, like, an offensive gritty spark to that team. But, oh, like, putting up overall numbers is not that impressive. Yeah. It's just it, – it, the thing is, is you can do everything you want to limit Luka Garza. But I haven't seen a team that can stop him yet. He had a. You said he had a bad game, and he still had thirty points. Had thirty points. Yeah. That's. I mean, you. you if, if they turn around and, let's just say. Every one of the other starters. Makes one one three. Yeah. You don't don't go for. That's a completely different ball game, and Io wins by fifteen. Yeah, I just, I don't know. Like, I see a lot of their three-point percentages right now. If you take out their top three scores, it's pretty dang bad. Like, the um, the guards that you just brought up are 27% and 28% from the three. And then you got other guys that are around 20% too. And one guy off the bench is above 40% from the three-point line. So basically, you have three shooters. That's it, on your entire team. That helps when one of the best, one of the shooters is the best player in the country. Yeah, but go up uh, against like any of the the good good college teams, and like you got the Gonzagas. Well, they, they played Gonzaga earlier, and they did lose. I'm, yeah. The thing is, is not everyone in college basketball has that, which. You know, we're speaking of Gonzaga. Gonzaga has a big three, and their big three showed out today, too. Yeah. I mean, uh, they had um, Drew Timmy, the big guy, mm-hmm. had 29. But um, Crispert, I can't even, I don't even know if I said his name right, had 32 and shot 9 of 13 from three. Dude, I watched the highlights of that game. They were, there wasn't a guy within like seven feet of him. When he was taking these shots. I mean, he was taking NBA shots. Mm-hmm. And he has kind of a funkier form, but dude was a, like, there was no one in the zip code. I'm like, um, the guy has 32 freaking points. You might want to put a hand in his face. And they played a Virginia team that likes to, you know, obviously 
and has a repetition of slowing the pace down and not having any score a lot. Uh, Gonzaga almost scored a hundred. <laughs> he went ninety eight to seventy five. This this Gonzaga team and I I don't know man I don't really like the way that they play and how well their offenses ran and they play pretty solid defense too. I don't know unless someone were to get hurt and knock on wood you don't want to see that happen again with Jalen Suggs getting hurt uh, a couple games ago he came back and provided an okay uh, spark he had eight seven and six so pretty even across the board there but if if you were to have anyone on Gonzaga get hurt that would be really the only reason I wouldn't etch them in as a national champion right now I just feel like they're so much better than anyone I've seen in college basketball um is Baylor the team that I was talking about earlier that has a bunch of a great three-point shooter they they do and Bay yeah. and <clears throat> but Baylor I believe lost to Kansas if I'm not mistaken but that's gonna be a big 12 matchup that's gonna be hard for to get no i'm just kidding they didn't they didn't they were six and oh they haven't played kansas yet yeah i was gonna i was gonna say because i thought baylor has been really good this year too they have they play kansas the 18th and then they finish out the year with them yeah but baylor's played <clears throat> louisiana lafayette washington they beat illinois that was a good game then the biggest one was postponed um, with Gonzaga, and they've had postponements ever since. Then they played Kansas State, who we know was lost to that Division II school, and then um, UABP. Um, I don't even know who that is. Oh, Arkansas Pine Bluff. They won 99-44. And then, I mean, their next games are against Central Arkansas, Alcorn State, Iowa State, Oklahoma, TCU... Then West Virginia, and then it starts to kind of get interesting after that. And you have Texas Tech, Kansas, Oklahoma State. Um, they play Auburn in the Big 12 SEC Challenge. That'll be a great game, too. I think Auburn, you know, 6-2 and two to start off the year should be pretty good. I would have loved to have seen that can't, uh, Gonzaga can't, or Baylor game just because, honestly, that could be um, the matchup in the championship game. It would have been I, very I, telling. Because I feel like honestly, both those teams are gonna get one seeds, and you know, you know, you're not gonna see each other until, until the championship game. So, but you know, all in all, for the two NCAs to kind of lead a lot of the storylines in sports when we had some NFL games was pretty interesting. You know, again, congrats to Liberty and. In Kentucky, just I'm, I'm telling you, man, they're gonna turn around with Calipari and it'll be fine. And Iowa, you know, has one loss against Minnesota. Oh well, that Fran McCaffrey will turn them around. Luca Garza is gonna win Player of the Year. They'll be just fine. They'll be just fine. And then they lose in the second round of the tournament. If you think that, if you think that, Luca Garza is so hard to guard, man. He is so hard to guard. I don't know if it would be second round because it would probably still be. There'd probably be like a seventh seed or probably Iowa. There'd be a five, five no, to seven. Why was gonna be a high seed? If they're a five, I'd be shocked. Let's go four to four to six. That'd be around because four to six. Illinois will win the Big Ten. Iowa will come in second. If that if that happens, and I still don't think Iowa drops to a five. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> or maybe a six. And speaking of six. <laughs> Alvin Kamara on Christmas Day got six presents, <laughs> six tutties. Um, Could have got more if they didn't give the Taysom Hill that one time. Yeah. Uh, I saw something that said the only person stopping Alvin Kamara from scoring was the coach. Like, I mean, like, Sean Payton was the only one to stop them. Alvin Kamara from scoring. I, I didn't watch a ton of the game because, uh, you know, I was just uh, spending time with, with friends and family f- on Christmas, but like I kind of glanced here and there, and you know, even Brady brought it up. He's like, "Man, Camara's Kam- day in fantasy has to be insane." I mean, do six touchdowns? Are you freaking kidding me? Well, it also was the perfect storm because Vikings had multiple players out on defense, and like they were already one of the worst defenses right right now. So that was the other two factors that were kind of pushing towards this. And they're gonna. They don't like Drew Brees is aging, so they need to run the ball more. Yeah, Drew Brees didn't really have a great game. Yeah, through the air, but you don't need to when 
You have six rushing touchdowns well, from one guy. He passes. He does a lot of checkdowns now. So Kamara was like the perfect guy for him. And the weird thing is, did you know this is his first year that he didn't have exactly 81 receptions in a year. He got to 83 after that game. Mm. So the first three years of his career, he finished with 81 receptions every year. single year. Yep. Dang, Drew, what are you doing, man? <laughs> breaking the breaking the habit. <laughs> but I mean, you know, Camaro's having as good a season as almost any running back. He gets you know slept on because of Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook. Well, and also he's never had a thousand yards of just rushing. Yeah, he's well. He's a multi-purpose back. Yeah, and and that's really what the NFL I feel like is turning to. Yeah, well, he every year he always finishes above fifteen hundred yards combined. Like this year, I think he has eight hundred rushing and seven hundred receiving right now. No, and I mean the dudes. I mean, especially on Christmas, is on a different planet. Yeah, it's this. It's a, he's a hard matchup. He's a hard guard, and it, it was basically, honestly, with him, uh, a healthy Michael Thomas. And some other receivers and, you know, a competent quarterback in Drew Brees. It makes this Saints team scary. Like, you know, if this team can play good football down the stretch, they're going to be a hard out in the, in the playoffs. Yeah, it. I think it always depends on if they get home field or not. And that goes down to? Green Bay. Green Bay. Yeah. If it goes to Green Bay, I'm picking Green Bay every time. Yeah. And you know who I'm not picking at all? The Detroit Lions. Oh, my God. Tom Brady looked like he was in Pro Bowl form. He didn't play the second half, man. This is the same Tom Brady that's been, you know, wishy-washy all year. Dude Mm -hmm. looked as well-polished as I've ever seen him. Absolutely just dotting it up. This Lions team, though, like, I feel so – like, the Lions are cursed. Like as much as I think the Chargers are cursed, this Lions team has to be cursed. Well, you you remember the story about their old quarterback? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, you had no, co- they, they had like no coaches. Yeah, basically the guy that was p- calling the plays has never actually called plays before in his life. He was yeah, a bunch of different coaches. That's so scary. Yeah, <laughs> and most of the coaches weren't even allowed to be on the sidelines. They're, they're some most of them were in the press boxes. It's yeah, it was it was the perfect storm for for Brady yeah. to pop off, and he did. I mean, well, you know, credit to the they they even scored with they had a the Blaine Gabbert, Blaine Gabbert, yeah, two touchdowns. Yeah, just very sad. Well, very sad. Stafford lost less than a quarter. Then they went to Chase Daniels. He lasted less than two quarters. And then they went to Blau, who threw also threw an interception in the game. Is yeah, just not. This this Lions team has glimpses every year. You know they're they're usually a, a mediocre five hundred team, sometimes a little bit under five hundred, but they always are in almost every game they play, in, except for this one. Obviously, where they were not in this game, but you know early in the season they were had three or four games where they lost. Um, you know they lost that one to your Bears because of. Uh, um, a drop by DeAndre Swift, but and then, then they won. And then they the won Bears. against the Bears. Yeah. Like they're they're always in a ton of games, and they just can never figure out a way to really pull it together and have a dominantly good season. Well, the funny thing is, this is the same Tampa Bay team that lost to the Bears too. So it's, <laughs> it's and that's what I'm saying. Like this, this Bears team coming into it were so wish wash. Where I would have thought this game would have been close. Like I mm-hmm. did not expect a 40 point blowout. Yeah, but I mean. Yeah, it is what it is. And then the final game of today that ended around the same time as that Liberty game. Oh, my God. The Raiders make every game that they're in interesting, apparently. Yeah. That that game, I mean, in, I don't, like, honestly, I don't think John Gruden made the wrong play call. They went to run the clock out. They mm-hmm. ran the clock out. They gave... The Dolphins, the ball, with little to no time left, no timeouts, starting on a 20-yard line. Honestly, if it wasn't for a face mask that was completely and utterly not needed, and the fact that Fitzpatrick came in and, and completed and, it and threw a miracle dot, looked like he was blindfolded and just was playing 500 with his receivers. And got <laughs> he them, does that already. And yes. got them into field goal range, just like, honestly, it's... It's like when you're playing in Madden and Madden screws you over, where the guy makes an insane catch, 
you're like, how did that, how did that happen? Like, I'm sure Gruden was on the sidelines like, okay, that face match wasn't going to happen, and then he caught it. Oh, perfect. That's awesome. Well, the funny thing is, Ryan Fitzpatrick, since Tula taking over, has started for him once and came in for him that time, is now 2-0 and after the fact. The thing is, is and if you look at Tua's numbers, though, they weren't bad. The only th- problem is, is he was only completing the ball for about four yards of mm-hmm. completion. And when Fitzpatrick came in, granted he had that really long throw to Grant where Grant kind of did some magic, but they, they put up a stat. He had 14 yards per completion. Yeah. Tula looks like Trubisky 2.0. That's what he looks like. Yeah. And the thing, I, I, I like Tua more than I like... Trubisky, but that's gonna be kind of an interesting thing going forward. Yeah, I, I'm gonna just kind of just say it right now. Ryan Fitzpatrick start the rest of the year. Yes. Okay, hundred percent. And so you know, earlier in the year when Fitzpatrick got benched for Tua, we were all kind of on the same page as well. On, I don't think he should should have been benched for Tua. I think Ryan should have stayed in until he kind of ran out of juice. Um, with this happening, now here's the thing. So for a hot take to really have momentum, you have to have disagreements. So you guys are both on the, f- the fact that you want Ryan to start. I don't. You want to know why? Because Ryan's going to have a bad game. Yeah, that's why they put did this in the first place. Yes. So they need, and, and as weird and ironic as this is, I have two a start in the last two games of the season. You, or the last game of the season, I think. <clears throat> they only play one yeah, they'll yeah. play one more. They need to win that game to get into the playoffs. If you put Ryan Fitzpatrick in and he throws three straight picks on three straight drives and you put yourself down 21 nothing, no one is going to be able to dig you out of that hole. And if you miss the playoffs because you started Ryan Fitzpatrick instead of Tua, now everyone's on your throat. So I say you put Tua in, keep the game close. If it, the same stuff happens as it did in this game – be like, all right, Ryan, you know that was our that was our bad. We didn't start you. Come in, give us a little bit of a spark. Win us this game. See, the funny thing is, what you said, I think they're they're going to do because they they want to keep uh, Tula's confidence up. I bet they do that, and they think we can always bring in Fitzpatrick in the fourth quarter, and he can save the day. That's what I'm thinking. They're thinking. But here's the thing. So what happens if because if you if Tua had completed his passes for more than 4.3 yards or whatever it was per play. Maybe it's 10 yards per pass. And Ryan doesn't even come into the game. So it's it's not that Tua was throwing picks left and right. He didn't throw a pick in the game at yeah. all. Well, they're they're also only down by 3. Yes. And so like you didn't you technically didn't even have to put Ryan Fitzpatrick in. They just felt like it was the better move because he I guess trusted his arm more to throw it deep, and only threw it deep. I think one time, he but just got he, really lucky because. But Grant ran in the fourth through. quarter alone, he had 183 yards passing. Did 60 or 70 of it come from Grant though? Uh, that was only a 40-yard play. I thought he didn't. I mean, to average 14 yards through the air per pass. Is you know it's pretty impressive, but it's still well. Miles Miles Gaskins had a fifty nine yard catch. So yeah, it was fifty nine yards. Excuse me. Hmm. But even even if you take that out, he still has more passing yards than Tula, who already like had at least he already had nine more passes than Fitzpatrick. I I mean I I I can agree with where you're at but I would only in your in your case bench Tua if he had been playing awful and and really what you brought him in to do with how you set up the defense in the offseason is to be a game manager did he not game manage for you was not not good enough game management for you to be down three in the fourth quarter to not, a, not have a pick to not turn the ball over as you a need to do something you cannot look like you're just basically doing short routes, short routes, short routes. You can't do that all the time. So you can't be Drew Brees? <laughs> Drew Brees has Kamara. Yeah, you know who the Dolphins have? 
They have they have Gaskins who actually did something because he wasn't injured last night. I I don't I I I think they start two the rest of the year, and if they need to, they bring Fitzpatrick and. It would be different if Ryan came in and was like nine for nine and didn't miss a throw and had missed four throws. He was nine for thirteen. I understand that. (laughs) The okay, the one he threw to get him into field goal range that should have never been completed ever because there was a corner in in the front and the safety in the back and both of them just didn't go after the ball and they waited for the receiver to catch and then hit him out of bounds. And then if they, even if he does complete that pass and they don't have a, a face mask, I still don't even think they get in the field goal range. So like here now, now here's the thing. So do you feel the same way if they, Ryan comes in, scores the, and then the Raiders end up kicking a field goal with no time left and the Raiders win? Do you still feel the same way that you want Ryan in instead of Tua? Yes. I don't know. And like I said, in the beginning of the year, I would be, I would have been a hundred percent on your side. But there is something about Ryan Fitzpatrick where he is always going to lose you a game. One game, at least. Well, he's technically already lost two games, but he, just had, he has a winning record this year, too. Like, they always bring up how Tua has a winning record. Ryan Fitzpatrick has a winning record, too, this year. So No, and I do want to, and I'm, I'm not saying that Ryan's not having probably one of the best years that he's had at quarterback. Well, it's not as good as his Jets year. No, but he's just, he's just, just like Trubisky, just like Phillip Rivers. Just he's he's like any quarterback in the league. He is good. He is good for one bad game, and he hasn't had that yet. And as a Dolphins owner, coach, anything that scares me because we have one game that means the most of us next week. And if you have Ryan come in and play and start, and he has that bad game, you screwed yourself out of the playoffs. I just don't know because you could have the opposite effect too. And it- I I completely understand that. I I think you ride. And to, to kind of boast to your point, if you want to, you ride the hot hand. And I think the hot hand right now, especially with him winning you a game, is Fitzpatrick. And, and Tua even came out in the press conference and said, I don't care who wins us the game. We won the game. I'm on the team. This is a team sport. Give credit to the entire offense. And Ryan, that's why they call it Fitzmagic. Literally almost word for word what he said. So he, it's not going to bother him if Ryan starts. The only thing that I fear is that Ryan has a bad game. And then now, if if Ryan does have a bad game, and then Tua, no, I don't feel like he will say because he's a very he seems like a very well mannered uh, guy. But then Tua could be like, well, if he would have just started me, this wouldn't this wouldn't be. And then now, now all of a sudden, it's a huge QB controversy. The thing that's crazy is that there's a QB controversy on in a team that's probably going to make the playoffs, and that yeah. never happens. Well, the funny thing is, I just want to ask you this question: What about if the Ravens lose? Because basically, if the Ravens lose then the Miami is automatically in. If if the Ravens were to lose this weekend and you were to basically be a shoo-in in the playoffs, then I would start Ryan Fitzpatrick, yeah. And then what about if he does good? Are you going to bring him to the playoffs? That's the, the, honestly, if you're a Ryan Fitzpatrick fan, you want that to happen because I would love for it. That, that's the best scenario for a Dolphins coach. For Brian Flores, that's, that's the easiest. That's the best decision he has to make. Oh, who would I choose to play? My two quarterbacks that are playing extremely hot right now. Oh darn! I'm gonna be. I'm gonna get a win with whoever I put in. I, they haven't had that in Miami since Dan Marino. They have honestly. They haven't had a, a thing where they've been competent in the quarterback to take them to a, a playoff since then. I just think there's a lot of backing behind Brian Fitzpatrick this year, and like this was the one time Brian Fitzpatrick. Like, some people were actually pissed at him just because he went out and said that he was disappointed that they demoted him to the backup. <laughs> and, I mean, it's... So, hindsight and everything is twenty twenty. So, we look at this one way, but then you flip it over to the Eagles, and you look at it the exact opposite, right? Yeah. Because you have Carson Wentz, who was a starter, versus Ryan Fitzpatrick, that was a starter, and then they both get benched for rookies. It's just that Tua's having a little bit better... Um, of, a, of a longer longevity in, in his rookie year than Jalen Hurts is. So, I mean, honestly, it's it's just the, however you look at the situation, what you're looking at. So you favor the starter here in Miami where you favor the rookie in Philadelphia. 
So it is really a kind of a, 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 a coin, if you will. There's two sides to every every story, and there's two takes to everything. Um, you know, honestly, I'd love to see Miami in the playoffs. I think they're they have a darn good defense, and I think they're if their offense plays good enough, they have a chance to really hang with, if not beat anyone in the playoffs. I really think it depends who they go against. To be honest, in the playoffs, oh, definitely. If they go against a team that's terrible um, uh, on on defense, I think they're okay with starting Tula. But if they're any type of good defense they go against, it has to be Ryan Fitzpatrick. If it's a good defense, I can agree with that. Just because well, yeah. Tula hasn't seen it like yeah. a ton, you know what I mean? He's a rookie. Like if you get the Steelers defense, you better start Ryan Fitzpatrick. Or if you get the Colts defense, yeah, you better start Ryan Fitzpatrick. But he, you can survive a tool. When it's like, you know, the Kansas City defense or... Ooh, them is fighting words talking a I'm Okay, I'm just saying they're not the same as the Colts defense and Steelers. They're not. But they're just as good, and I think their offense can put up just as many points. And shoot, speaking of the Colts and the Steelers, we'll get right into our six picks, man. We we missed out on four games already. And that, honestly, except for the Detroit game, three other really good games. But, shoot, you already know we bring you the six best games of the week. <laughs> and and we got Brady and, and Logan's picks up as well. And uh, Bryce is off the coin flip. He's going to pick pick for real. I don't think he wants Cash to catch him. So uh, we don't will... think that's possible. I would have to go 6-0, and oh, and then if we count playoff picks, uh, I guess 6-0 oh next week. Yeah, there's a chance. There's a It's, it's very slim, but there's I, a chance. Because I think I'm three games behind him. Yeah, three games behind. He goes three and three. You go six and zero. Oh, there, you're tied. Yep. But the likelihood of you going six and zero oh is astronomically small. Well, the likelihood of Bryce going three and three without doing coin flips. We'll see. Yeah. He's a, he is a five hundred player. Well, he's he, he just pro- he's just proven that you can basically pick an NFL game, but almost by coin flip. <laughs> almost. You got better chances that way. We'll, we'll get into it. Like I said, we got the Steelers versus the Colts. Now, this game really is a, a battle of two teams fighting for a division championship, but two teams that are really going in opposite directions right now. Um, you know, you got the Steelers, Juju on that beat on the logo. He said, no more. I'm not going to do it on any logos. So we don't have any of that drama, that TikTok drama. And then you got the Colts with with Philip Rivers and his thirty five thousand kids. You know he's trying to put food on the table for the kids, man. Trying to win 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 at least one. He's got to get that check. Yeah, got to get that bonus. Win one ring for him. And I, you know if if Philip were to win a ring this year, I would be happy for him. He's been in the league for a long time, and that's the one thing that he doesn't have. Uh, but but we'll see. It's it's going to be a good matchup. I think both defenses are insanely good. I would probably give the edge to the Colts defense, and then you go to the offenses. They're middle pack, if not a little higher up there. They've been playing really well. This I like the Colts run game, but I like the Steelers um, pass game. I'm not a huge fan of either quarterback. I think Big Ben at times can show that you know he's an older quarterback in the league and, and susceptible to mistakes, and as is Philip Rivers. So we'll kind of go through that. We have Brady and Logan are both on the Colts, but I got a feeling Adams – Going with the steel curtain, Adam. What are you thinking? So, I'm thinking the reason why I'm thinking this going with the Steelers is because Juju is not dancing on the logo. No more. And every time, every one of their losses, he danced. He danced on the logo. So I'm just going off of that. That he, because he's not going to dance on the logo, that they will win. You think the Bengals knocked some sense into him on that hit? Well, you you also saw the game before that too. He also got smacked too. So yeah, he's it's. I think you just need to. Like I understand that you've you've been doing it before, and you know, really, I'm I'm not gonna be the one to stop you. If the other team's not gonna stop you, do what you gotta do. But uh, it, it's only it's, it's 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 only good when you're winning. And if you're not winning, the the media and everyone else kind of points out your flaws. So. You know, if they win, you know, maybe Juju starts dancing on some logos again. We'll see. Oh, please don't. But, so, Adam, you're going with Steelers. Bryce, who you got? I'm going with Steelers as well. They lost three in a row. I don't think there's any way after starting 11-0 that they're going to lose another one. They have to come off a snide. And I think they do it right here in this game against the Colts. All right. And now, 
we talked about this too. So they've lost three straight games. If you think they're going to lose four, which Brady and Logan do, this is the best team they faced. That is true. Out of the three straight games they've lost. That is correct. So if history were to repeat itself four straight times, this would be the best time for it to happen. But it's probably not going to happen. You want to know the re- the record of the Pittsburgh Steelers over the Indianapolis Colts? Played 31 games all time against each other. 25-6 and six, the Steelers are over Indianapolis. And I'm probably going to bite myself in the butt. And Juju, if you dance on that logo and screw me over, man... <laughs> I'm I'm gonna I'm don't follow you on TikTok, but I'm definitely gonna not follow you after that. I'm gonna go Steelers. I think they make it 26 and six. Hey, you just gotta remember, you gotta risk it for the biscuit. The past Logan. I do, and Logan joked with me, and he said he was gonna pick the same exact games as me, but I have his pick, so I can go opposite of him. So we'll see. Next game we have we have the shocking and surprising Cowboys, and you know you talked about it earlier. You just it's a depends on if they play. Um, on who they play, you trust the offense a little bit better. Uh, they're playing a division foe and an offense that is kind of starting to go on its own with the Eagles. And we talked about it earlier with uh, with Jalen Hurts. I like the way the Eagles are, are going. And, you know, this Eagles team's got to win to to make a playoff berth. So we'll see. I Can the Cowboys, if the Cowboys were to win and win next week, would they make the playoffs? I think the Cowboys are the only ones in that division that are not in the race. Are they still not in there? I didn't know if they were. I couldn't remember I, if they were in the race I or thought not. That was either there. way, the, the yeah. fact that they even have remote chance to even make the playoffs is unbelievable. But we'll, we'll go down to it. Uh, and we got Eagles-Cowboys. Now, this one is tough for me because I feel like the Eagles should obviously win this game. But there's just something about me that thinks that the Cowboys might pull it off. Logan's going Cowboys, which was kind of a shock to me. I thought he would go Eagles for sure. Brady's opposite of him, and he is going Eagles. Um, Bryce, do you like the Red Rocket, Andy Dalton, and the Cowboys? Or are you flying with the rookie and the Eagles? I'm going with the Eagles. Jalen Hurts has been playing very well, and the Cowboys, I cannot trust them. I would say this year, but you can't trust them any year. That's true. How about them boys? Especially without Dak and the way Zeke is playing this year. Definitely going with the Eagles here in this game. The only thing against you is they just came off a 30-point game. Yeah. I don't think they can do it again, though. That's the only thing. Um, I'm also picking Eagles. And the reason is because I really like what I'm seeing out of Jalen Hurts right now. And I just feel like Eagles have the better defense to the Cowboys. And this would be... A high-scoring game. So in that case, you kind of try to pick who's going to be able to stop some the other team at least a, a couple of times, and that's definitely the Eagles because the Cowboys ain't stopping anybody. So Eagles all the way. All right. So you are aware the Eagles are actually second in the division at five and nine, and are the Cowboys are second in the division at five and nine? Oh, the Eagles are. are four nine and one. Oh, they're the they're the small team on the yeah. The so. I was thinking it was the opposite. Because it's basically the Giants for just Washington are the really ones that are really competing for the division. In a way, yeah, but in a, in another way, no. Because it's so Washington six eight zero, and then Dallas and the Giants are five nine and zero, and then the Eagles are four nine and one. Yeah, Washington also has Panthers, Eagles as their final games, and. Giants have the Ravens, Cowboys. But the I, Cowboys have Eagles, Giants. It's going to be that. It's going to get really nitty well, gritty. If, 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 if the Cowboys somehow make the playoffs, that would be very ridiculous. So last time. They played. That was Ben DiNucci. Ben DiNucci. Wow, one good voice crack there. But uh, Carson Wentz played in that game and went two, uh, two touchdowns, two picks. So Jalen Hurts at the helm. I don't think he goes two touchdowns, two picks. I really want to pick Cowboys, man. I really do. Just because I got a feeling the Red Rocket pulls off some sort of miracle, puts them to 6-9, and, and they... 
are really in the hunt for the playoff. Is that just because you didn't pick the Cowboys last time? It's probably it. And Zeke is going to play. He was questionable. He is going yep. to play. Hey, but Tony Potter, don't sleep on him, man. I'm not. And no, and I'm not saying that their their backup is isn't good. I, oh man, I hate this Cowboys defense too. Yeah, give me the Eagles. Why not? If this is the one I lose and Logan goes uh, pulls ahead, then so be it. But now you can just pick all the same games, <laughs> and I more than likely will. <laughs> <laughs> Next one that we have uh, is actually kind of a weird one. You got the Seahawks and the Rams. Now, this Rams team could easily go in and wipe the floor with the Seahawks, but as we saw last week. The Jets could come in and wipe the floor of the Rams. So, I don't know what Rams team's going to show up. I don't know if any of us know what Rams team's going to show up. Yes. And are we going to get a good Seahawks team? Are we going to get a, a dominant Russell Wilson, are you know, DK connection? Or a team that lost to the Jets. Yeah, it's this. It, this well, could be a great game or a very sloppy game. It just depends on what teams show up. Both teams have very bad losses, so. I think but, the Rams might be a little yeah. worse. You yeah. know, Giants have won That'd a couple games, you know. That is true. Yeah, Giants could win the division. <laughs> but that is so true. it's like in this case, who do you trust more quarterback, I think? It's always you look at the quarterbacks, you look at the coaches, and I think I'm picking Russell Wilson every time instead of Jared Goff. Then you look at the running backs. You got the running back crew of the Rams, and then you got just Chris Carson. Like, I think the Rams got the edge there just because the the amount of people that can do it. Oh, I'd love to see who, who are you picking the receiver matchup. McCaff, um, Metcalf. DK Metcalf and Ty Lockett. Yeah. I think they have a small advantage because Cooper Cup and Robert Woods yeah. are good. Mm-hmm. But I think DK is, especially this year, is on a whole different DK, planet. DK, all the highlight reels. And then, and then Tyler Lockett's the yeah. best security blanket in the NFL. Well, and also, what was his name? Moore? The third string was, yeah, I think it's, I don't yeah. want to say, I don't want to say the other more. But no, not DJ, not DJ more. more. Yeah. But, um, but he's been doing all right, too. Number 83. Yeah. David Moore. David, David Moore, Moore, yeah. There you go. So they kind of like a three. And then Hollister and Disley, the tight end. Yeah. Disley's, yeah, Hollister's pretty dang good. I'm picking Seahawks. Angry Olsen. Okay. Oh yeah, Greg Olson's on the Seahawks yeah. now. Yeah, but he's an old. It's like a thirty-seven-year-old great old Greg Olson. Yeah, he's getting up there. He's just basically a tight ends coach at this point. <laughs> <laughs> like Jason Wisdom for the Ra- uh, Raiders. Basically. <laughs> so you went Seahawks. Brady went Seahawks. Logan went Rams. Logan's riding the the Rams train. He thinks. I think. I think he's trying to like lose this week. Dude, the, but the thing is, is like if the Rams play good enough on defense and their offense shows up, they can easily beat the Seahawks team. So like, yeah, that's not a terrible. Pick. But picking the Cowboys and Rams, just because he picks the Cowboys doesn't mean the Cowboys aren't going to win. Well, I'm saying there's a a less likely of a chance, or he's just trying to outsmart everybody. That could be too. I can't, dude. This this is this is hard. <laughs> Give me Seahawks, and you know what? Change my Eagles pick to Cowboys. Are you? <laughs> Change my Eagles pick to Cowboys. Oh my goodness! You're lucky you were still recording. You know, now I hope the Eagles win, though, for well, sure. And if they do, I will. Bryce, have you? Um, can't remember. Did you pick already for this game? Yeah, I'm going to Seahawks. Okay. I think the offense is just too good, and like you said before, it's yeah. it's. I I would take Russell over Goff. Um, I mean, don't don't be surprised if this game's a shootout, like forty two, forty one, something like that, because the Seahawks can't play defense, and the Rams choose when to play defense. Like their defense, obviously, they have studs on on all tiers of the ball, uh, but they've been exposed by the Jets and if you didn't get exposed by the Jets there's definite ways you can get exposed by the Seahawks so now to a tale of another 
I think will be another offensive showdown because I feel like both defenses are okay. And we got King Henry versus Double Check Rodgers. And that's Titans versus Packers in Lambeau. The, the frozen tundra in Lambeau. This Packers team needs to win to secure and stay in first place because the Saints are obviously with their Christmas Day. They're still knocking on the door, staying in the hunt for that. And then I believe the Titans, when they get they lock up their division, it's going to be – I mean, this is a Sunday night football matchup. This game is going to be just an incredible game to watch. I, I feel like Derrick Henry is going to rush for another 200 yards. And I bet Aaron Rodgers throws for about 400. It's going to be a absolute shootout. It's just going to be who do you think can stop who the mo are you know more times than than other. And I don't really know. I because Aaron Rodgers when he's on is unstoppable, and Derrick Henry when he's on is unstoppable. So it's going to be a kind of an interesting matchup there. Cash, I know you would hate to pick the Packers. Uh, just because of your Bears. But are you going with the Packers or are you going with the Titans? I'm going with the Packers. And, well, the obvious reason you would think is just if they win, uh, there's a more likely a chance that they're going to rest their guys next week since they're already uh, up a game against the Saints. And then you would be able, your Bears would be able to kind of sneak in yeah, to a playoff spot. Especially right. after the Cardinals, Cardinals loss. So we all we have to do is win out. But the real re- the other reason is is just like I really just think Packers offense is way too good. If the Titans offense is also good too, but like you got Aaron Rodgers, man. Aaron Aaron Jones is not that much worse than Derrick Henry. No, just Derrick yeah. Henry is just like he, yeah, he's just his numbers are so much better. And even with Ryan Tannehill having a great season, he's not Aaron Rodgers. He's not, and yeah. and I don't think he ever will be. His numbers, though, are insanely good. Yeah, yeah, I think he has like 30 touchdowns this year. 31 touchdowns, 5 picks, but I mean Aaron yeah. Rodgers has 40 touchdowns and 4 picks. So, yeah. You know, they're both playing pretty identical ball, just that the the rush attack is a lot different, you know. Yeah. Derrick Henry has 700 more yards than Aaron Jones and seven more touchdowns. Yeah, Aaron Jones but has they're, been hurt they're, this, this year. Their averages um, per carry – um, Aaron Jones actually averages more yards per carry, mm-hmm. five point two for Henry and five point three for Aaron Jones. Yeah. which really isn't gonna. You're not gonna notice the time. Well, also like they had they uh, run between three running backs more in Green Bay. Yes, and, and, and yeah, they have one there. The I mean the receiving core for Green Bay is miles ahead of what they have in. And I'm not saying that Tennessee is bad. It's just well, AJ Brown and Corey Davis are pretty good. Yes, but Devonte Adams. And Alan Lazard, Tanya, Tanya, and probably one of the best, bright spots at tight end this year. Yeah, they got some studs, and Devontae Adams is arguably playing some of the best football we've seen of him as of late. And you know, Rodgers is slinging the ball almost in, in kind of like not in a careless way, but you can see they're playing some carefree football. They're laughing, you know, having fun for once, and that's that's scary because you get a comfortable Aaron Rodgers. Phew, that's that's lethal. Yeah, and both these defenses are not very good. So if it's a shootout, I'm gonna place my bets on Aaron Rodgers. All right. So you and Brady are picking the Packers. Bryce, I guess you're going both ways. Bryce, who do you have in this one? I'm going Packers. I mean, Derrick Henry is obviously gonna get his. He does every single game. But I think the Packers are going to come out on top of this one. Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers are going to connect for two touchdowns. Okay. And hey, you've, you've been you've been hot with those DK Russ picks, so market for your fantasy, two touchdowns. And it's at Lambeau in the cold. That's what the Packers are made of. So I think the Packers are going to pull out with this one. All right. I want to switch my pick, but I'll stay. I'll I'll go Packers. I've got a feeling that Derrick Henry is, like I said, has another 200-yard rushing game, and that is going to be 
the tale of the game is the Titans are going to play almost like a time of possession game. And they're just going to wear out Green Bay and leave Aaron Rodgers on the sideline because Aaron Rodgers, you know, I don't know if you knew this, but when he stands on the sideline, isn't very effective on the football because he doesn't have the football. And I think that's Vogel, you know, is going to have a, a, a good scheme to go up against it. And I think they're just going to basically be like, all right, Derrick Henry's our guy. Good luck trying to stop him. We're going to run the ball down your throat. And when we need him to, we'll have Tannehill make uh, throws here and there. Uh, and I, I think the, ten, the Titans have a really good shot to win this game, but I will go Packers just because they are at home and I do like Aaron Rodgers. Going to a next game where I feel like it's going to be a heavy run game because A, the one the visiting team doesn't have their quarterback, and B, the other team, all they do is run, and that is the Giants versus the Ravens. Uh, now, obviously, this matchup with Daniel Jones and a healthy Saquon Barkley would have been, I think, a pretty good game, but without them... Rude Ravens, bro. Right, I'm. That's my pick. I'm not even gonna pass it over to you. Ravens are gonna win this game. Uh, I think Lamar throws the ball well against this defense too, and, and I'll pick Ravens by far. I think it might be a clean sweep. Logan's going Ravens. Uh, Brady's got Ravens cash. Yeah, going Ravens. All right, and I would be surprised if Bryce is going Giants. Are you going Ravens? Ravens. Okay, perfect. That's <laughs> I figured so. And it's not that I feel like the Ravens are like this god tier team i just feel like it's colt mccoy yes it's colt mccoy and it's the ravens defense i think they're gonna they're gonna feast this ravens team too can't sleep they need to win i think they need to win out to make the playoff they need to play some good football yeah and prove that they need to be in the the playoffs so you know you're gonna get a hungry ravens team i don't know who has the tiebreaker if it's ravens or um browns or uh, who just uh we were talking about earlier i said that if ravens lose they're in the Dolphins? Yeah, Dolphins. I don't know who had tiebreaker between them and the Dolphins. Well, we'll see. This, I mean, Ravens just have to control what they can control and win their last two games. So we will see who wins that. But we're all going Ravens. And I yeah. feel like before, like that was the one game where I felt like everyone was going to be on the same page. Now, the next game and, and the final game is a division matchup, which normally I think we would all be on the opposite side of the winner. Mm-hmm. But with how this team is playing this year, um, and especially how bad they beat down my Denver Broncos, uh, the Buffalo Bills versus the Patriots. And, you know, Cam Newton is just, to me, it's it's kind of sad because he, Cam coming off that MVP season, you know, super Cam, everything was going, looking like he could possibly if he kept those seasons going, could go down as one of the best quarterbacks that we have seen. You know, he came out, and I was like, man, this guy is good, good. Like, he's not just as good as average. I mean, he's got as good as advertised on paper. And then all of a sudden gets injured, and then his career has kind of slowly gone down. And I felt that with him going to New England, you know, he gave some stability at quarterback. But, you know, when you get benched and you're supposed to be the guy, it's really scary. Uh, and, you know, we'll see if he's the quarterback for the Patriots next year. Uh, I don't think so. But he's, I think this is yeah. the – honestly, with the way the Bills play defense, this is the game that knocks his career out. Well, the first game against the Bills, he lost by himself by fumbling the ball when they were in scoring range. Yeah. Like, there's been too many games you could basically point to one guy that they lost. And, and I don't I – don't, you don't want to say I, that because I, I hate to, I hate to point the finger at him because he's a competitor and he did everything yeah. literally that he could possibly do to put them back into that game. So I don't want to like knock him for losing the game. You know, he, he fought for an extra yard and that's the reason he fumbled the ball. You know what I mean? It's just. But then you then yeah, there's been other times that they've been stopping the goal line, and at the end of games. I understand, and, I, and I'm, yeah. I'm going to go with the Bills. I think that with Josh Allen and the way the offense is rolling and this defense is, you know, at, at times earlier in the year were very lackluster with, um, you know, the, the tackling and, you know, just the overall play, and I think they've really tightened that up, and they need to going into the playoffs. Um, the thing that kind of worries me is that they have their division locked up, and if they have – like a seeding spot locked up, they could take this game lightly. Yeah, because they're and not going. They're not getting a buy, and like it doesn't really matter then. So if you're gonna sit at like a 
You're not going to be the two seed. Four or five or something like that. You know, they could be like, eh, if we beat the Patriots so well, if we don't, it is what it is. And so that could be kind of interesting too. Like if they're not playing to their full caliber, then this Patriots team and Bill Belichick could come in and go, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll steal a win from you. I'm guessing they are fighting for the two seed with the Steelers right now. But like the difference is between a Miami team or a Miami slash Ravens or Indianapolis team that you go against. Yeah. And I guess it could be huge too, because the Colts and the Steelers do play each other. I think if this game was played next week, and you kind of had a, a spot locked up, then it's a little bit different to pick the Bills just because I feel like mm-hmm. they would be resting players because it's going to be, you know, a playoff game to where yeah they're more than likely going to be favored. Because, I mean, like last year, they, they played in a playoff game. Josh Allen, again, did almost everything he could. It was the first time they've been in the playoffs in a long time. This is the first time that they've won the division in a long time. Obviously, the Patriots have owned that division. And yeah. before that, it was a little bit of the Jets, but... I think that this is the this is a, a good year for the Bills to make some noise in the playoffs, and I think they start the ball rolling a little early, and they they handle the Patriots. Yeah, I go. I'm going with the Bills too, and the reason is Josh Allen has really improved this year, and they both in both aspects, running and passing. I feel he's way more accurate with his deep and in, in short yeah. routes, and you know he's that was his biggest thing out of college is his accuracy problems, and he's been he's been. Solid with the ball, and he—I mean, he—he's not that he's gotten like thicker because I feel like he's got the—he was much pretty the, thick. the same frame coming out of college as he is now, but he's more confident running the ball. And when you have a quarterback that's confident throwing and running the ball, where he can be um, multi-dimensional, uh, especially with some of the weapons that he has, you know, with Stephon Diggs coming over, that was huge. You know, I think he needed yeah. that, that piece in that offense and the way that the the Bills are set up defensively that this team's scary and you know mm-hmm. they're they're going to be a team that not a lot of people think about just because you know normally they get slept on because it's the Patriots division but this team has a chance to to make a lot of noise in the AFC so like I said again I think they they take it with the the against the Patriots Logan's going Bills Brady's going Bills and the last but not least I'm also going Bills all right, so we have two the two last games we all went went uh, I guess chalk if you want to say, and picked the same ones, but uh, you know it's gonna be those all these games are gonna be really close. I don't feel like there's a game that gets out of hand because as much as we all like the Bills, like we have to remember this is still Bill Belichick. They this won twenty four twenty one the first. Yeah, time. this is still Bill Belichick. He's gonna have some tricks up his sleeve. That defense is gonna be sneaky good. You know they might cost Josh Allen to, to have a mistake or two. So, you know, of all the games that could be blowouts, I feel like the Bills-Patriots ones could be, but it's going to be close either way. I, there's no way any of these games are, are more than a 14-point spread, I, be, I feel. I would be completely shocked if they were. So, you know, hopefully you guys got everything you wanted out of this podcast. Hopefully you guys got everything you wanted for Christmas, you know. We... We'll come back on Wednesday. Hopefully, our standings have a new leader, <clears throat> either me or Brady. And uh, we'll see. We'll see. You know, Logan's Logan's been running the table since week one. We got to get a new leader in there. So I would like to be a five hundred too. You know, man, if you went six and zero, I'd be impressed. Greatest I mean, turnaround ever. I'd be really impressed if you went six and zero. That would be. I wouldn't say the greatest turnaround ever because you're still probably be at the bottom of the the bracket but i mean you would be 500 that'd be yeah. i'd be imp- i'd be impressed with that but we hope you guys have a great rest of your week we will see you and talk to you guys next on wednesday and then we got boom you already rolling into a new year 2020 will be out the door we don't have to worry about this anymore this year has been just crazy i i can't wait to leave it on the back burner we thank you guys again for listening and as always keep the sports talk